0: and welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is a dancer, a writer, a singer, and the co-founder of Toledo's Human Experience Modern Dance Company, Ashley Hill.
1: Hi, thank you so much. What an honor. Yes, thanks for coming
0: on. So I know Ashley through the Modern Dance Company, and I got to work with her and meet her, and I wanted to have her on just to share her journey and how she got into dance and writing, which led to the Modern Dance Company and her wonderful work in the Toledo community.
1: So, yay! Thank you. Thank you for all your work, I'm doing oh. everything for the artists and people in our community.
0: Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so did you grow up in the Toledo area?
1: I did. I grew up in mommy. My mom and my aunt opened a dance studio, and I think I was in about third, fifth grade, maybe. So they taught at a studio that I started in, and from there, they opened their own place called On Stage Studio, and we did um, a lot of things. We danced, we had acting classes, we had voice lessons. They were my mentors and teachers, and they always put a lot of focus on everybody's artistic potential which I took with me as a teacher um, in different facets of the arts and just as something to keep in mind during your own process is that everybody works toward their own unique potential and everybody has their own unique qualities to offer. So that was my upbringing in the arts, a lot of singing, dancing, and I loved musicals so much. I did get into acting, but I'm more of a musical person because you get to dance and sing. (laughs) Yeah, that totally makes it, you know, like stuff in Chicago and uh, stuff in the revive show you can sing and dance that the company just did. Mm -hmm. So that was my initial exposure to musical theater. My grandfather was an organist and he led a choir and my grandmother was an actress and a writer. So those were also my mentors, big influence in my life. Um, you have a lot to-
0: of people in the arts in your family, which <laughs> is great to cultivate your whole arts side.
1: <laughs> it was amazing, and I didn't realize that I was so—I—I um, I had that in my life, you know, just as a constant. Mm-hmm
0: that's so cool that both your mom and your aunt then started this the studio on stage studios so I like that that every artist has the potential it's kind Mm -hmm. of looking at the artist as an individual and not trying to get them to attain to one certain way you should you should be an artist yeah it was very interesting that I kind of try to strive towards is that especially with dance too like every dancer has their different capabilities and different Mm -hmm. bodies and so you have to treat everyone as an individual, which I really like. I did too. What else did you learn you think from you know being with your mom and aunt throughout those early years?
1: Oh my gosh, I learned that the arts is a discipline and it's a lot of hard work you know and and you approach it in a very serious manner and, and you can develop and grow so I was taking classes almost like every day of the week when I was younger, I used to hide and not take the second ballet class. <laughs>
0: That's really I didn't want to take ballet until I actually had to like it was at the moment where I started doing competition dance and I was like okay if you can take jazz you gotta take ballet technique and I was like no no, no I waited till last
1: <laughs> it's it does it ends up being the most I think the the hardest but the most rewarding and yes then, yeah it was so challenging you know and then I on top of that I was being taught by my aunt and she was you know very nurturing, but also you know about the discipline of dance, and you can do this. And you know she would sometimes clap when she would say things, <laughs> just like ah, oh. <laughs> and turn, turn, turn. You know, yep. and I didn't want to disappoint anyone. They were both so artistic and just you know really interested in helping each person develop, and that, that's just that's the biggest takeaway that I had. Also to take risks and to and to be creative on your own. You know, there's we used to do like choreographers' workshop where you got to create something either by yourself or with a little group in your class and then when I got older I was asked to help choreograph some of the ballet pieces we always had like an opening where there might be some singing and dancing and acting involved and
0: yeah because you've probably
1: taught a lot of different areas
0: and what is your I guess teaching philosophy
1: oh man a lot of encouragement because to be in the arts you get a piece of somebody that is that is vulnerable and it doesn't matter acting singing dancing piano whatever you're teaching it's a vulnerability there that that you just have to respect and in young kids when you see them you know do something that they can be proud of that's my philosophy it's because everybody again is working to their own unique potential it makes me want to cry thinking about it cuz mm-hmm. i had a so many students you know and they, they would say i have this audition and you know and you just you want them to just go in there with all the confidence in the world and to know that performing and and doing what they've been working on in whatever area of the arts is so special to be able to to go out there and do that so my philosophy is just to honor the artist in, in each individual, just like I was taught. Yeah, I, I just, I grew up with so much love for the arts around me that I think everything that I do has an element of some kind of art, but just the impact that that has on people led me to developing the nonprofit with my friend and co-founder, Ali Beatty.
0: It started in 2017, correct?
1: Yes. I mean, according to my math, I don't yeah. Yeah. You have anyone double checking. We definitely were talking about it. It was cold. It may have been winter at the end of 2017. Yeah. So what was the we're yeah, a coach we start, to that meeting?
0: Yeah. yeah. So Starting this with Allie Beatty. So how did you two meet? And then what was the spark of creating this whole company?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I love our how we met story. Allie and I are like soulmate friends. We met at Gateway Middle School. And I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom (laughs) and changing my clothes into something I got from Gadzooks because you you probably haven't seen that store. Outrageous clothing, stuff you would wear clubbing. We were at a middle school in Miami, (laughs) Ohio. And I had um, these like weird mohair sparkle pants. They look like tinsel. And my mom was like, you can have these, but you're not allowed to wear them. (laughs) I mean, like like a birthday party or something, you know, yeah. you're 12. So or 13, whatever. So I would pack my cool outfit in my book bag and change in the bathroom. <laughs> when I got to school. Also, I was not a morning person. I did start drinking coffee in sixth grade. But I still was not a morning person. Right? Yes, I did. I was always kind of a
0: <laughs> like a, a little guy and like a little body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: trying to be I always looked up to my mom so she drank coffee I was gonna drink coffee (laughs) but Allie was in her cheerleading outfit so just to give you an idea of who she was you know very you know fix your hair you know cheerleading and got great grades honors classes and so I was changing and we just met in the bathroom I don't know how we just like laughed and became friends and she did end up taking class at the studio that my mom and aunt had a lot of a lot of people (laughs) did so that's how we met and maintained a great friendship. We were together like all the time. and then, when I had this idea to do this, it wasn't a nonprofit idea at at first, you know, we definitely developed this together, but it was to help other nonprofits uh, what's the word I'm looking for introduce um an emotional component, you know, not that the nonprofit causes aren't already you know, impactful and emotional, but just to give that artistic component that I thought would be a nice way to help fundraise or put t- together with their cause, a way to inform the community, but also giving that element of like modern dance kind of gives that really interpretive feel. Mm-hmm. And I think you can open up people's minds a little bit more, more than maybe just a speech or a story, but in conjunction with those things, I really thought it would be a cool pairing to like help uh, raise money for, you know, um, feeding families in Toledo or, you know, uh, the Sparrows Nest, um, you know, stuff like that. So that's always been at the heart of what I wanted to do with this art form. Mm
0: -hmm. So then how do you even launch this? Like, do you start with? Yeah. (laughs) you get dancers and the space to rehearse and things
1: yeah that was that's where Allie I mean as um she is a force I mean you can have a vision and I just joke because like okay so you say this to Allie and then she's got the website she goes okay so (laughs) the website's up we have a t-shirt company and I'm like okay now we need dancers so she was very integral to getting the word out she taught dance and, you know, had a lot of connections there. I taught dance and, and was in theater connections there. So we basically invited anybody and everyone that we thought might be interested in this idea. And, you know, there's a lot of different things dance can offer. So for us, I, I wanted to establish we are weird. <laughs> like I want, you know, I want the, the people who like that off the wall, artsy, interpretive dance. And that's not to put down any other types of dance. It's just not the, what I have to offer as, you know, what I wanted this to evolve into. So we had a lot of people at our first meeting and I taught something from um, Alice, Ask Alice, what's that song? The White Rabbit, the song by yeah. Jefferson Airplane. Yes. Yeah. And it was like a weird modern tango with a lot of like jolts and like, you know, <laughs> like kind of like Thriller meets Roxanne or something yeah. I loved it and I loved seeing it, but I knew not everybody was going to love doing it. (laughs) So so that was the first, the first part. And then we started, we ended up with one dancer and she was also a dance therapist and she was such a, you know, a supporter. The first repertoire piece that we had, I, I was working with her on and she performed it. Her name's Carla. And she was amazing. So yeah, we started with one, honestly, and then ourselves. And then it grew exponentially year by year. And in 2020, 2021, then maybe. Yeah, probably March, I think something like that. That was the year that I I thought, oh my gosh, this is the company. This is it. The dream is here. And we ended up doing a show that year that I thought was like the pinnacle of what I just had envisioned in my brain for what this would be. Yeah. But it was a lot of work. And for two people, you know, to conceptualize and and just the I call it like the the wheels that keep it running. Like I call Allie, the wheels. You know, all that stuff that you need to keep track of. You know, you can have mm-hmm. a, you can have a dream, but you got to have all of the the practical side, place, yeah. right? The practical yeah. parts, right?
0: Yeah. And um, so, what other organizations did you work with? Then through the company, because I know, like right now, we rehearse at TSA. Yeah. So other.
1: I love, yes, TSA is a huge place in my heart. I always, always wanted to end up there somehow, some way. And that's just the way it had evolved. working with David Sagers, who is so generous and supportive and still is. So other places we worked with, Women of Toledo was mm-hmm. on our floor when we were at the Secor building, which was our original place. And it's very small studio. When well, we did a PB&J cabaret with Food for Thought. And they are based out of Trinity Episcopal downtown, close to the Valentine. We worked with the Valentine Theater. We fundraised for Peter Neighbor. And the Toledo Rep was our first, let's, you know, as a nonprofit to nonprofit, work together to fundraise for the Rep. And they were just able to do some awesome renovations, putting in an orchestra. pit. Yes. Not that we were responsible for all of the funding there, but we wanted to know or wanted them to know we're big supporters. So Mm -hmm. we signed a contract with them in our first year that said we would do um, two shows a year there and help fundraise.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So then there's also the addition of the T-H-E-2. So it's like kids who are 18 under who can be a part of this company as well. So talk about how that came about and with Raphael.
1: Yes. Love working with with that age group. I mean there's just so much potential and and then they could just do so much. It's just like, oh, you're just starting. You just you got to get a hold of them because it's the energy there is just yes. amazing. And Raphael, I know feels the same way. She's worked in a lot of places and taught dance in so many places. And uh, she came to us and said that she was hoping to to have a company and she was going to start a company with somebody but it, it had fallen through. So I said, well, why aren't we just doing it here? You know, we have an adult company and that would be awesome. So we had a little meeting and um, it took off from there. We were already doing some workshops for like Broadway boys. We had a workshop for that. We had, you know, modern jazz tap kind of workshops for young artists. So we'd already kind of start setting that in motion. And then from there, it just, it took off and Raphael's got a great core group and I hope it will continue to flourish and, you know, feed into our adult company as mm-hmm. years go on.
0: Yeah. I think it's really cool that not only do we have an adult company, which I don't think we even have in Toledo, this might be the only one.
1: This is the only modern company. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah in Toledo. And then to have a younger group as well to launch them, which I think is awesome. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> to, let's shift for a second to writing. Yeah.
1: Okay, So you write for the Tulsi paper sometimes, is that correct? Yes. I love doing bits of the, of the arts and, and any kind of reviews or whatever they throw at me. Yeah. I, I so, wrote a
0: How did you even like get, I, cause you said your, your grandparent, like one of them was a writer. So, yeah. Yeah. And so how did you even get into writing? Was it their influence
1: or. Um, actually, I wrote a review of Mary Poppins and gave it to my grandmother and she was like, why are you giving this to me? <laughs> That's one of my first things I remember writing. And she liked the, um, she liked the phrase, something about uh, the show was frequently aviary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember that. she liked that. Through the studio, I wanted to start writing. I always loved writing. You know, I'm always one of those kids that had a journal and, you know, people would just get me journals. Well, I walked into the offices in like 2013 when I was younger, <laughs> trying to get started and doing something with writing. And I ended up getting a meeting with the editor at the time. And he's like, well, what kind of story ideas do you have? And I said, well, West Side Story. I knew this because I saw, you know, the mailer about West Side Stories touring. And, um, you know, I'd like to write a story about, about West Side Story. Or, you know, trying to interview somebody there. So he goes, okay, great. You know, it's, and send that in. You know, and that was pretty brief. And I went and I took the mailer that came to the studio and I called the there was some kind of number there and I ended up getting somebody's like PR person or whatever in the show and they took me seriously and that was a really big deal I was like oh wow like this they're gonna let me do this (laughs) so so exciting so I ended up interviewing for way too long my first interview probably how I'm talking now but it was way too long Yeah. I remember Dana and some, and Steven or something, but they were two dancers that also did, you know, like they dual rolled in like the jets and the sharks and they understudied and stuff. So I just loved talking to them. And I interviewed them as if I was going to write their personal biography, you know, it was like so long. (laughs) And the article was maybe half a page, Um, but I wrote it and I called it both sides of West side story. And I think it's on my blog still. I wrote the first one I wrote, you know, it was very like out there. And was like, oh, both sides, like in front of the scenes, behind the scenes. And, you know, and anyway, so he had me rewrite it because he was like, this is great. But, you know, this isn't really like in tune with our paper. It's a little bit like kind of poetic out there, not really like article. Yeah. So I rewrote it. And that was the first thing I got published. And I was so excited. I have a picture of myself with my I think it was like seventy five dollars. Check. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Little things. Um, Yeah. And so that's how I started there. And then, you know, it's freelance writing. So you can pitch ideas. Sometimes I send them stuff or column ideas. I did a column spotlight for Matt Lentz at the Valentine Theater, who was another first person who took me seriously. And I'm like, oh my God, again, like he's going to let me take up his time and go and meet with him. And I just thought that was so crazy. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's me hey, doing the
0: interviews I say like
1: oh wow you want it i mean, like you're okay with down for this I'm like great I mean I know. oh we're doing it, it. Like, me. Do it. Doing <laughs> yeah well you've got a lot more under your belt <laughs> <laughs> at this point in time this is like my very first I'm like oh my god I'm in the Valentine offices oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like, well, so what's your favorite you think that you've written
1: oh god my favorite my favorite stories have always been ones that Talk about how people, like how you're doing, you know, start somewhere and end up being inspired to do something great in the community, like feeding families. I love talking to the the person who worked there, who moved and, and started this nonprofit work. I love all of the, like, comeuppance stories. And you find a lot of those in the arts, you know, like for photographers. And I, I got to interview Philip Callahan of Owl Vision, and people are actually getting his logo tattooed on them yeah. <laughs> because- they just love his story and his work. So he's, he's really cool. Anything that, that helps people or makes them laugh. You know, like I try to, when I write, I try to add a little bit of humor. The blog that I started. Yeah. Is it called the food cabaret? The food cabaret. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's sort of morphed into something different. I used to hate cooking. Never, never would do it, you know? are you a cook
0: my mom's really I bake more than I cook I probably should from home she cooks all the time I'm like that's so
1: good food I can't like top that yeah no and don't worry about it because it takes a lot of time (laughs) you have to do this you have to do your podcast yeah (laughs) you can't be over the stove the whole day yeah um now so I started cooking yeah and I say in my blog you know the first memory I have of cooking is burning macaroni and cheese to the pan and then launching it out the back w- window, like out the door, because I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I just threw it outside. That's funny. Um, so I've come, I hope, a long way from that. Uh, one of the titles that I'm working on is Dinner's Ready and It's Edible. <laughs> There's something, <you> know, something <laughs> on that. But yeah, so the food cabaret evolved. I love, I started to really love cooking and just like pouring over different cookbooks from the library and trying out different recipes. And it became like a passion, almost like a compulsive passion when you're making like pizza dough to one in the morning, like sort of just started. And now I'm using it as a platform to just talk about life. And it's called the food cabaret because it's sort of like, you know, and here's the food that I made. The next post I want to write about is, you know, the day my dentist dumped me, I have high anxiety. Yes. Um, so I'm like the day my dentist dumped me, I made, you know, almond flour oatmeal cookies. And then I want to talk about the recipe. (laughs)
0: Yeah, It's kind of like a catharsis, like all the things that you're like experiencing into food, but it's kind of like a parallelism of both of those ideas.
1: And it's it's good, and it it's nice to write about. And I like getting my kids in the kitchen with me, so you know we end up with a lot of different uh, different things. Sometimes they taste great, and sometimes you know my husband will walk down and be like, "Are you aware that she's pouring like thyme <laughs> into your pancakes?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this <laughs> how so we." I asked her to smell it first and see if it would work, and she thought it would. <laughs>
0: It's like I always think I'm like Bridget Jones, where she makes like the blue soup. The blue. (laughs) That's how I am. I mean, you know, it's like cooking, you have to try it multiple times to get it right. (laughs) And there's a niche for that. (laughs) What are your steps then? So you're no longer artistic director of a company. Can you talk about that decision? yes oh
1: after uh, we closed on the show that we did in June which I was so proud of I, I mean just the pinnacle like I said when I envisioned what our company would be that show did it it was everybody in that company that just made it just just flourish and I thought this is this is what I really wanted and this is what it is and it just felt like a dream that just came to life honestly so after that I got sick, I didn't know I was sick at the time, but I ended up in the emergency room and it was July 11th. And I just had these like shooting pains going all over and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I went to the ER and I eventually came out with a diagnosis. This is like a week or two later that I had type one diabetes. And that's a problem with how your body uses energy. And I had, I had been functioning with about a 300 milligram, is that what I, I'm new at this. It's only been like four months, but my blood sugar was on an average at like 300. When I went into the ER, it was at 429 or something like that. So, and people, I've read other stories, people have been higher than that, but God, I don't know how that feels because that just seemed insane to me. But, you know, I could kind of tell something was going on and uh months leading up to that, I just thought I was really stressed or, you know, my body's just reacting in a weird way. They know how their bodies feel. Yeah. So that was, um, that was hard ever being there. And I turned to my husband and, you know, they gave me morphine and I don't even take you know, Advil sometimes if I don't have to. So I'm like, are you sure? You know, I told the nurse, I'm like, I don't know if I can handle morphine, best decision ever, because I was in so much pain. But I turned to him and I said, I think they're going to come back and tell me I have diabetes, because I've been, you know, googling on my own. And I, I knew some of the symptoms that were happening, but I just never thought it would happen to me. And I'm going to speak on what I just know. So if anybody mm-hmm. is hearing this, that doesn't, um, that knows better than I do. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, the classes that I've been taking, To understand this type two is insulin resistant, which means that your body is producing insulin, but you know, it's not being accepted into the cell to carry it through your body. So you, you have a higher A1C or a higher blood sugar average most of the time, then that hinges on, you know, diet and exercise helps all that kind of move out. So, and that changes over time as well, but that's the initial part of it. And um, the kind that I have type one is insulin deficient, which means basically that uh, cells are attacking your pancreas, and you need insulin to be able to one survive um, and also to help your body process all that. So it's, you also need to take into account your diet, you know, like you can't eat sugar, you know, I mean, shouldn't eat a lot of sugar, but and exercise is always important to to stay healthy. But that's what I'm getting back at because it changes the way your body uses energy. So you need to know like how much you have of that to be able to do things. And there's Olympic athletes that have type one diabetes and look at them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think all things are possible. I'm only in like maybe the third month of taking insulin. So I'm still kind of figuring out and mine will change again too. But yeah, I did take a step out because I needed to just learn how to take care of my body.
0: Like you said mm-hmm. earlier, you have to invest in yourself first. before you have to Invest in yourself. Yeah.
1: And I'm so glad because um, I knew we had a ton of talent in our company, but it, it was time. I, I would thought at the most. I would stay the artistic director for 5 years just to get it to a, a place where we could launch it. I didn't envision that to be, you know, holding on to that. But it's, you know, I just ended up leaving a little bit earlier and, you know, so that was in the plan and, you know, you always want to surround yourself with the best people and gosh, I really I really believe that we have the best people around us. Your footprint's still in there. You started it.
0: <laughs> it's your, you know, it's still your vision from day 1 and props to you for starting this again in the Toledo community, for sure. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. I hope
1: it continues to flourish. Yes. With, with creative talent and, and the right people like you and just, you know, being mm-hmm. being able to just have it and, and run with it.
0: Yeah. It's there
1: for anybody who wants to join it.
0: Yes. Well, this before we end, out. I want to ask rapid fire questions because I always love these. Favorite
1: song to dance to? Oh, gosh. Um, anything by Nightmares on Wax. Oh, I don't know that, but that's that a good cool. answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Describe your movement style in three words or less.
1: Heartfelt, tug, energy.
0: Favorite musical? Chicago. So when you're not dancing and doing all your creative things, what do you like to do for yourself?
1: Oh my gosh. Shower? <laughs> <laughs> I have two little kids. Yeah. <laughs> Showers can be relaxing. I like uh, I like just being outside and uh, just kind of contemplating, you know, I try to have a lot of uh, moments in the day where I can just be grateful and um, just staring off into space and noticing things outside really helps me with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Favorite author?
1: Oh, okay. Well, my favorite author is William Zinser, and this is really nerdy because he writes about writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He writes books like um On Writing Well. <laughs> okay. But he's so funny. And also it's a uh, he kind of like sticks it to you and also has like these really great examples. And I always I always go back to that book that I have. I got it from like a whatever secondhand bookstore mm-hmm. and just picked it up on a whim. And it's called On Writing Well by William Zinzer. And that's like my my writing Bible. So What's He's one of the
0: tips that you like?
1: Oh, brevity, <laughs> which is ironic because I talk for <laughs> 10 minutes at a time from your questions. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but no, but it's true. But he says, um, you know, you kind of have to like pack off the fat of what you're writing. So any extra words, how can you get to what you need to say? And you usually can, you know, you usually can just completely take out your first paragraph. Like when you're writing, he talks about the the craft of writing. So, and, and, you know, and don't get locked into, you know, a sentence that you really fell in love with. If the sentence is following, you know, it doesn't do much to move them forward or it, it just doesn't work. But I love his, his note on brevity. And also my very favorite is on interviews because I've had interview as well for, for articles and things like that. But I studied this chapter on interviews and he said, your job is to distill the essence of what that person is saying. That's really good. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking like, how am I gonna quote this person or you know, and it's always that fear of like, I don't want to mis- misquote or misrepresent them in any way because it's a big responsibility, you know, and I would be interviewing people about their artwork or whatever, and um, you know, and it can get it can get serious. But you said you distill the essence of yeah. of that person.
0: Favorite place in Toledo to
1: visit. Oh gosh, to visit. We love the Metro Parks. That's a favorite place. Gosh, that's a hard one. I mean, we have such a great zoo and museum. I'd have to put those up there. So I'd say the museum.
0: Do you have a favorite, this is a side question, a favorite work at the museum?
1: Oh, good question.
0: Or room, maybe? <laughs> a great gallery
1: mm-hmm. is a big one. Uh, well, I wanted big... to do a piece there <laughs> in the gallery. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I know. And people and the places or uh, companies have. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, my, my mom was in a troupe called Harakadim. It was an Israeli folk dance troupe and she performed there. And I just remember seeing pictures of that, of that room. So like, since I was younger, it's always kind of like a magical place for me to go in there. You just think of all the history and, and not only the artwork that's in there, but like now, you know, people that perform. And um, I know Toledo Ballet did a performance in there too. I just think it's beautiful. Yeah,
0: yeah. favorite film
1: oh that's a good one I don't know why but Amelie's coming to mind <laughs> I
0: love Amelie wow that's a good I, I, that works for you I feel like
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm like what movies have I seen yeah that one sticks out I like that one I love a lot that. I, I watch breakfast at Tiffany's when I'm sad oh. but less so now yeah that was more like previously it was just a comforting kind of film I like that one too. But Amelie always makes me laugh. It has everything in it. It's it's just beautiful. I love the cinematography and the the colors and everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Who or
1: what inspires you? There's a lot of people that inspire me. I don't know. I don't want to wax poetic here. I think of just how we can all take care of each other. And I think it's inspiring. Everybody can be inspiring in their own way, as long as we're all working to, you know, lift each other up in some way. So that's inspiring to me. I have this quote that I really like that. It's something about, you know, your focus in life and how, what you do should revolve around, you know, a purpose, but then it also just brought it back to, you know, your goal should be just each day being able to smile next to someone that matters to you. And So in that way, like everything's inspiring, you know, like moment to moment, you can be very inspired, but just, uh, art, art is really inspiring to me because as you know, kind of in my whole life and I hope like whatever I do moving forward is that, you know, you can use art to impact so much because it allows people, first of all, you're giving people, if you're teaching it, you're, you're kind of providing that, um, opportunity to, to explore that vulnerability and creativity at the same time. So you're giving that some space like you're doing on this platform. And if you're doing it, you know, it just gives your soul, like just this peace, and it's an unending well of creativity. And in that way, it's like nothing can ever be dead. You know, you're just constantly reinventing and moving through and you use everything that you're made of and you use everything that came before and any ideas that you have. And it's just a mesh of, of so much that you have to offer and each person is different in that way. So when I'm inspired by different dancers in our company, I look at like a piece that I did, and I'm looking at it on different bodies and seeing how it's interpreted. It's not that synchronization you're looking for in modern dance. It's the interpretation and the spirit and honestly the history and what composes each individual and their energy and how they express. And I just think that's so beautiful. So I would say in dancing anybody in the class or the company inspires me just to recognize that we all have so much to give and it's, uh, it's beautiful to bring that together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you can check out for anyone listening, Ashley's articles and her blog at www.ashleyhillwriting.com. And then we'll be posting more on the food cabaret, which I'm excited to see. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, and then you can also follow Ashley on Instagram at ashdance84. Check out her food pics; everything looks yummy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Most of it tastes good. <laughs> good.
0: Good, I want to try those thyme pancakes, so though. Those would be interesting.
1: <laughs> Come over on Sundays; we'll have them ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you can follow the um, Modern Dance Company on Instagram at the Modern Dance Co. And then you can check out the company's website at www.themoderndancecompany.com to stay up updated on
1: what shows are coming up and what we're doing and spirit wear and all the things. So please support. We are a group of artists that are just doing it all. Hungry artists.
0: Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Marissa. This has been such a lovely conversation. Thanks for letting me talk so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, it was great. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who's listening. And then stay tuned for another episode in the new year. Keep
1: going. I love it.